the trauma of coming into an industry that you love as a young girl and wanting to have that exploration and there not being anything for you anymore. Like, thank God, no other little girls are ever going to have to grow up. Like boys, girls, people will ever have to, to grow up being like, oh, that's what nude is. So there's no nude for me. It's messed up. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to, to Los Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We got a pod swap. We do have a pod swap. So this week on Tuesday, we were on the Beauty Vanguard with Nikeo and Melissa, who are absolutely fabulous. We adore them. Absolutely fabulous. And you guys have heard Nikeo on our pod before, and now her partner in podcast crime, her work wife, Melissa Magsaysay, who we are big fans of, longtime fashion and beauty journalist. Um is on the pod now and there it was so much fun yeah honestly it just felt like we were four girlfriends talking for an hour well for us recording it was two hours because we had to record ours and then theirs (laughs) but we're on their podcast and they're kind of interviewing us about really anything beauty related there was not a specific point yeah or angle there, we did touch on like winter to spring beauty transitions, but then it just turned into like a big conversation about beauty. Yes. Yeah. And like recommendations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So head over to their podcast, subscribe and listen to us there. And then today we wanted to ask them about their thoughts on trends for 2022 what they think we're going to be seeing more of sarah and i also contribute our opinions on that matter as well they're like la mom goals these ladies no totally one of these days one of these days i'll just bring <laughs> quinn al- along I'm like let's have some fun ladies we're gonna go on that retreat yeah and the hoffman institute oh right <laughs> no we're our, doing our the, version yes our, our version, version of the in someone's like institute. fabulous We're going to rent their home. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Awesome. Please enjoy this episode with The Beauty Vanguard. Melissa, we love you too. Like the vibes are so right with both of you. Sarah, have you met either of them in real life? 
I don't think so. I mean, I said this when Nikea was on the pod. I've been like following Melissa's work forever and obviously admire Nikea forever too. But no, freaking pandemic, man. That's I know. so crazy. Literally killing our vibe. But like how, wait, no, I, Kirby, I've 100% met you in person. No, we've been around each other, but I've always been so intimidated by you. I've never like gone up to like introduce myself. <laughs> Same. I've definitely been at an event with you, Melissa, but again. It's because I have a horrible resting bitch face. I just got it. (laughs) People tell me all the time I look really mean and unapproachable. It's because I like really have a downturn. I really got to work on it. I'm sorry for that. (laughs) No, no. It's because you're Melissa Magsaysay. That's why. And so I've definitely like been in your orbit. I've seen you obviously like Nikeo, just chef's kiss, like, I want to be you. How do we make this happen? (laughs) Like, give me all of your secrets. So if you guys listened to Nikeo's episode, which was incredible, we're going to link it. We were like, oh, duh, we have to get Melissa on here, too. Let's do a pod swap. So is this the first pod swap of the year, Kirby? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I thought you guys were going to say ever. Okay, I'm so honored. We've never done a pod swap You are our first ever. You're our first pod swap. You guys are... Got a couple, like a little four yeah. episodes on them. I had yes, to ask Melissa, like, what happens on a pod swap? Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> you guys are pod swap I'm veterans. totally into it. We are, we are pod swap It means you get double the info, mm-hmm. the education. It's a, such a good swap because I feel like our audiences are very similar and that they're very informed. They like are curious. They want to learn more. They are like beauty enthusiasts and connoisseurs, and they really just want to learn more about the industry. And that's like kind of what we're all here to do, right? Like educate, uplift, help turn on people to like brands maybe they've never heard before, talk about what's actually happening, like the no BS of it all. So I feel like this is just like really, really good synergy with both of our pods. So we're honored to have you both. Mm, We're honored to be here. Thank you. So honored to be here. We're really jealous because the two of you are like physically together in the same room. I know there's no green, like we're not like green screening. I know. Our Our dogs aren't barking. Our kids aren't running through the room. We've done two years of that. We're in a proper grown-up studio. Yes. We're going to grow up soon too, Kirby. (laughs) Okay. So we start off every podcast asking our guests a very simple question, which is what's on your face? We want to know what you guys are currently obsessed with, what you can't stop talking about. And we know, you know, you two are beauty enthusiasts, so you've got some good recommendations. Who wants to start? Okay. What is something I can't stop talking about and can't stop using? I'm buying it. The Allies of Skin Probiotic Molecular Mist is life-changing. It's the mist of all mists. It's the first thing on my face in the morning, at night. Sometimes I'll do it like over everything, but I don't know. It just tightens, it firms, it like sets the tone for the rest of your skincare. I'm a big fan of Allies of Skin in general. I think the whole line, I think Nicholas Travis, the founder, is just so specific about his ingredients, the quantities of what he uses. Everything is like crazy active, but like realistically active, active. like safe active. But he's like taking the time to do it. It's like something's happening. Mm -hmm. So I like products like that. So I think the molecular mist is amazing. It's a must have from Allies of Skin. I also think his new... 
is it his moisture barrier cream? It's really new. It's like mm-hmm. the light blue too. Mm-hmm. Most of these days, especially as like the weather's like heating up a little, it's kind of dry. I have really dry skin. I'll do the probiotic spray and then the moisture barrier cream, even mm-hmm. in the daytime, because I think it's kind of a nice primer pre sunscreen. I really want like a dog dish soap type of like product. <laughs> mm-hmm. She wants to think outside of the box. Throwback y'all. <laughs> Throw back to Dawn Dish Soap. What else? Oh, speaking of fragrance, because fragrance is obviously having this big resurgence. I'm even like yeah. excited to bust out, right? Like, mm-hmm. so I had bought that discovery kit from Sana Jardine, and there is a scent in there that you would actually like, Kirby, called Vanilla Nomad. Mm. Yeah. And it is really beautiful if you like like a creamy, kind of earthy vanilla smell. I think that's really beautiful. And I think also it's a really great company and the way they give back to women and really sustainable and earth minded in their fragrance process and production is great. How many things am I supposed to have on my face? Yeah, I'd say the two allies products and that Sana Jardine perfume, Vanilla Nomad, are really like mm-hmm. at the core of my being right now. Those, those are everything for me. I love it. Yeah. Those were all good ones. Thanks. Impressed. Nikeo, I want to know. I feel like you've got a laundry list. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me the tea. <laughs> I do. I do. I was trying to like be an active listener and pay respect to my co-host <laughs> while also trying to self-edit because <laughs> that would be the whole episode. So I'm just going to speak from the Top of my beauty heart, cleanser. I love the McCrean cleanser. She's a dermatologist out of New York. She does all the treatments on all the people, but created a, uh, a skincare line so that we could all potentially avoid any treatments, which I think says a lot about a dermatologist, a doctor to do that. I too love the Allies Mist. It's a game-changing mist, but I also love the Apara Skin Mist by Apara Skin. It comes in this gorgeous glass green bottle. I keep it in the fridge. It's cooling. It's a lovely way to wake up the day. I am wearing a little bit of makeup today, which I don't normally do, but thought, why not? Um, And I'm wearing the new Ame Cole mascara. Oh my God. I was going to say it's the best. It's the best. And I'm a mascara snob, right? But I also... I'm a little bit of like an easy mascara girl. Like I'll just, if somebody says it's great, I'll try it, right? And then I'm very specific about like clumping and like when you sweat, what happens and but can it go from day to night? Do I have to reapply? If I want to reapply, is it going to be hard? Does it feel like my follicles are being conditioned? This literally like? checks all the bottom. Like, like it's, you're like not destroying your eyelashes. Oh, they're like yeah. conditioning your okay. eyelashes. Like, like yeah. the mascara is, yeah, is nourishing, right. nourishing. Yeah. Okay. And I don't have a lot of lashes. I got to be real careful with them. So anyway, that Ame Cole mascara is game changer. The easiest way to do makeup that makes you feel like you have a full face of makeup, but it takes two minutes. Monica blender, blender cover all day long. I love the Ame Cole Brown Lip Oil, the Gloss Hood Lip Balm, Lola V's Glossing Detangler on dry or wet hair. Shout out okay. to Jen. Um, I love Vernon's Francois Nourishing Water, which is such a cool product because especially with textured hair, we often feel like, oh, water is just going to suck the life out of it and dry out our hair. But this is a nourishing water that's got like castor oil and all these things. So when you're not washing your hair maybe just once every six or seven days, but you need to do a freshen up in Mm -hmm. midweek or every other day. 
this nourishing water, you use it, it's hydrating, even though it's water-based. And then if you put on a styling product and oil or something after, it just seals in the moisture and makes you look like you've got that you know, fresh wash look without having to wash your hair completely. There's so many more, but I feel like that was a good start. You're speaking our language. Do you have on blush, Nikeo? I, party trick, did not wear blush today, but when I was in the car on the way over, I thought, girl, you could use a little color. So I used my bossy lipstick and I pat it into my cheeks. I wanted to ask because I feel like you have this beautiful, like flushed glow on your cheeks. So I needed to know what was up. And I love a a double use product, just lip, cheek, done. Oh yeah. It's the perfect red. It's like, you know, red's not the same for everyone. Just like nude's not the same for everyone. And this, these bossy cosmetics, they have the perfect undertones for people like myself who are darker pigmented. They have, you know, undertones that work on everyone Mm -hmm. and, and so that everybody can rock their red without it transitioning. But I do like to put lipstick on my cheeks because I don't like drying like blush that's in powder form too much. Mm. It looks a little dry on my skin. So I like to use my lipstick as my blush. You were mentioning so many products and brands that Kirby and I love so much. We both love Blender Cover so much and Monica. It's such a good product and the new brushes. And does it make you feel like a pro? Yeah. The new brushes. I I use that uh, call your buff brush or whatever, Mm -hmm. the thicker one. I use it for everything. Everything. Like two more. Yeah. That one. Me too. I need to like wash it more because I use it so often. I just bought, I don't even know what it's called, but my husband's like, really? Like it's a washing machine for your brushes. What? It's like, (laughs) it's kind of egg shaped. It's blue. It's huge. But I was like, that is one of my least favorite things to do. So I was like, how do I make this easier on myself? And so I bought the machine and it comes with its own little pods. Like they look like Tide Pods. Have you used it? Yeah. It's great? Yeah. Oh, I need to do that. I need to come over and wash my brushes. (laughs) Yeah. Before we dive into the topic of the episode, we want to like talk to both of you about how you met, your love story, how you became work wives and why you guys decided to start the Beauty Vanguard. We really need to look up the date. We we never really know. It it was a very long time ago. I'd say like... 2015, maybe 14. So I wrote a story on Nikeo for the LA Times and it was just a big profile. It was a standalone profile, right? But we met for lunch and I learned her story and did the reporting and got to know her and of course fell in love. I just love the sort of impetus for Nikeo Beauty is like everything I kind of have always wanted to talk about with like how beauty and culture, the intersection of beauty and culture, how it informs like our identity and like our different definitions of beauty. And her line is so beautifully based on, on all Mm -hmm. of that and your Kenyan heritage. And then, and then we've just always known each other like socially and then cut to 2020 when you birthed 13 Loon. It was a full circle moment. It was a real full circle moment. And then with our very good mutual friend, Patrick Herning in the mix, who I've worked with for the better part of a decade. Oh, and then I was writing this book proposal, I guess. Yes. About beauty and culture and like sort of the definitions of beauty globally. And Nikkei was the first person I called to sort of do some like reporting for that book proposal. That was like in 2018. So we've kind of had these like conversations that have culminated here at the Beauty Vanguard, you know, through the last few years and 13 Loon very much speaks to that same kind of conversation. Mm -hmm. And so it feels like we've just kind of naturally progressed. Like we were always going to have this conversation in in a bigger 
bigger way or a more formalized way, no matter what, because we've had them kind of, you know, just casually as friends, friends and colleagues, I guess, absolutely along the way. So it just kind of all came together. And I I too, like the both of you had a journalism beauty crush on, on Melissa and looked up Mm -hmm. to her so much and loved her writing and was so honored back in my early skincare founding days to be included in this LA Times article and, and meet her. I remember that day, like meeting for coffee. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I would say one of the things that I love the most is, you know, we talk a lot about the racial reckoning of 2020 and where we are now. But what I loved about my relationship with Melissa, both when she wrote the article about me and reached out when she was writing her book, that long before we were really allowed to be out loud and have the conversations, many of the conversations that we have over at the Beauty Vanguard and definitely the impetus for 13 Loon, I always felt seen by Melissa. And I always felt that you know, you're meeting editors all the time. You know, those are back in the old school days of like death sides in New York and blah, blah, blah. But like very few editors, writers that I would speak with really wanted to dive into. They loved the origin story of Mikao skincare and, and my Kenyan grandparents and the inspiration. But when we really wanted to like get into like, what is it like to be black in the beauty industry and things like that? Nobody else was asking me those questions. It was almost like it was off topic. And in a weird way, it made me feel as a founder like I had to fit into a box that it was going to be virtually impossible for me to fit into. And it was never that way. When I was in conversation with Melissa, it was just always very liberating as a beauty founder. And and so over the course of time, like, you know, having kids and you get your mom friends and then all of a sudden we're like, wait, that's my best friend. No, that's my best friend. Like we have so many friends in common running around in the same circles. And then when Patrick and I came together to create 13 Loon and he was like, yeah, I'm Melissa Max, they say, we'll be the head. And I was like, wait, what? I knew they worked together. I didn't know if we were going to be like creating our own teams and, you know, if we were, how we were going to, you know, shared roles and responsibilities. And so I was like, well, of course I'm going to create this disruptive company with Patrick and Melissa's going to be at the helm of all things content. And then when we think about how to tell a story outside of just our platform, that's how Beauty Vanguard came together. And I think for us both, it was also another validating moment that a Filipino woman and a, and a black Kenyan woman could declare themselves beauty vanguards and say out loud that we were experts and not feel like we had imposter syndrome for the first time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how it came about. Preach. You guys are like met MFEO meant for each other. You would have found your way to one another no matter what. I love that story. A hundred percent. Definitely meant to be. There's a lot of full circle moments for sure. And Mm -hmm. Mikao's always inspired me really. Like it's like, it kind of like fleshed out the conversation I was always having in my head. Like just the story of her Kenyan grandparents and coffee and like having ingredients directly land into her formulations. I was like, yeah, I know. That's right. That's exactly what I'm, I'm looking for. This is great. I love these types of stories. So And she's an inspiring businesswoman and mentor to so many women, girls. So it's everything I believe in in that way too. So, Well, that's why we're both so honored to have you both here. And because you're both such, you know, strong forces within the beauty community, we figured 
why not tap the brain power of the two of you and figure out what are we going to be seeing more of in 2022? And nothing's off limits. Like it doesn't just have to be products that you're excited about that are going to be launching in abundance, but like maybe there's terms that you're like, why are, why are we seeing this term a lot of, you know, like what's going on here? It's not going to be too shocking that it's coming out of my mouth, but I do think the idea that anyone would ever create a product ever again that does not work on all skin tones, all hair textures, all shade ranges, it's done, right? And so, you know, I think that the biggest, biggest, biggest trend in beauty is our tagline. It's the beauty of inclusion. And it's finally making sure, you know, beyond skin color, beyond underserved, you know, communities, gender, sex orientation. You know, I had a a chat today with a new brand that's an adaptable makeup brand so that Mm -hmm. people who have disabilities and challenges physically can use eyeliner, right? And what makes me very, very excited is that, that finally, you know, there's going to be so much more to serve everyone. And obviously a lot of the brands, all the brands that we carry at 13 Loon, whether they be our black and brown founded brands or our ally brands speak to that ethos. That's why they're they're on the platform. But it's like simple things like that for some might just think, wow, like citizen cosmetics, you know, the universal nude shade range of lipsticks and lip glosses. Like who would have thought that it would have taken until the last few years for any cosmetic company, not even these indie niche ones, any cosmetic company to ever make a range of nude lipsticks. And they go from like cream to pale pink and assume that's, that's everyone's nude. And so when you look at a citizen's cosmetic, we're like, it's traumatizing. I was saying this to someone yesterday. It was traumatizing as a young girl growing up in Oklahoma where my friends didn't all necessarily look like me. Many did not. And we all got into makeup in seventh grade and going to the drugstore or the department stores and being like, I can't wear pale pink blush. It doesn't Mm -hmm. show up on me. I can't wear that lipstick. Like it either doesn't show up on me or I look ridiculous. And I can't wear blue mascara because, well, I learned to rock blue mascara. I I found my own style, but, but (laughs) to that point, the trauma of coming into an industry that you love as a young girl and wanting to have that exploration and there not being anything for you anymore. Like, thank God, no other little girls are ever going to have to grow up. Like boys, girls, people will ever have to, to grow up being like, oh, that's what nude is. So there's no nude for me. It's messed up. But also it's like, it stems from Mm -hmm. decentering beauty, right? From Mm -hmm. like Eurocentric beauty standards. Mm -hmm. And then the ripple effect, it's not just in the product, it's in how you see yourself, how Mm -hmm. you prioritize yourself and you actually feel Mm -hmm. considered. So it's so much more than just like, oh, this looks flattering on my skin tone. Right. And not, and even beyond makeup, like we talk about this, you know, and being inclusive isn't a trend and it's, it's a necessity, but the idea that inclusion will trend through large houses all the way down to indie brands, When you think about skincare, I've been working on a secret little project that we'll talk about at a later date. And and it's been so much fun to do a deep dive into treatments that melanin-rich skin people can't have or ingredients they can't. Like we we want a peel. We want to be able to, you know, chemically exfoliate. And so much of the science that I've discovered over the last year is it's really about percentages. Mm -hmm. 
Like everybody could use it if we just focused on these percentages mm -hmm. and nobody would feel left out and everybody would have the benefits. So it's across categories in the industry. And it's just one that obviously I'm, I'm so excited to scream from the rooftops because it's finally happening. Do you ever feel though, like you see brands that do make it a trend and it's like very clear that they're hopping on it because of the conversation that's being had. And it doesn't feel like Melissa said, like it it's tailored to you that it just, like what can our listeners who are tuning in now do if they see a brand that's like talking about like inclusion and diversity and all of these great things? Like what are some like red flags, if you will? I've definitely seen a lot of performative behavior, especially with some of the brands that have been reaching out that want to join our 13 Loon community, which is flattering. But when we go and look at some of the assortments, we're like, this wouldn't even serve one of the founders. So how in the world could we bring you to the site? But yeah, it's like the people who jump on the bandwagon and add five darker shades in a foundation range and then make them all with yellow undertones. And it's just like brown, dark brown, darker brown, dark, dark, dark brown, but not paying attention to the undertones, which, you know, being black is not a monolith. Some of us have red undertones. Some of us have more yellow undertones. Some of us have a combination of both. Same with people who are much more fair than I am. People in the Latina, Latinx community, people in the Asian community, we don't all have the same undertones. A lot of that is usually based off what region of the continent that we're from. But I mean, the thing about it is, is that not only can black or brown people sniff through that in five seconds, Gen Z doesn't even play. Like they're like, that brand's fake. I mean, I've literally heard that out of my almost 16 year old daughters. That brand's fake because all they did was throw some things in there that they thought would make us think that they actually care. And that gives me hope. They're like the purchasers of the next five minutes, right? That we're all going to be really focused on. And, and, you know, sometimes I think they get a lot of slack for being like the woke police, but in the weird way, it's like, they're not having to sit here and talk about like inclusion and why inclusion needs to happen. And it's mm -hmm. important. Like they're like, well, duh, well, yeah. most of us are it's mixed race norm. anyway. Right. So right. yeah, they're like, what the hell? <laughs> We're all everything, right? And we'll be the majority. So, so right. yeah, it gives me hope. Performative behavior has to stop. And the first way it's gonna stop is by hiring people who look like the people that you want to serve mm -hmm. as your developers in your boardrooms. Chemists. Yeah, all of it, yeah. yeah. Like, it's not going to work if you don't have people that actually understand it. I think that's also, though, like, why, like, for me personally, like, doing doing the work. So, like, if a brand is talking about how, like, you know, however many percent of their employees are, you know, POC, but then you're like, what's the leadership look like? And then they're all still white. I'm like, yeah, okay. So you're telling me that everyone that makes the decisions at this company is white and then everybody else is underneath. Like I, for me, that doesn't compute. So I feel like, you know, Sharon Shooter obviously has been doing such an amazing thing with pull up for change. And if you're a brand that like is actually trying, you shouldn't be scared. But I feel like so many brands are terrified. Well, because unfortunately, the reality is that's what it looks like. It is still all a bunch of white people at the top. Right. Mm -hmm. And usually men in beauty. Mm -hmm. Yes. Right. 
And that's the beautiful thing about, you know, all of these new brands coming to market with these considerations and, and, and not standing for this type of behavior and, and ally brands who have been doing it all along before 2020. This is not black and brown people's fight to fight alone. Mm -hmm. So I honor those allies who have long been allies mm -hmm. my whole career, but it is going to become not an option. And, and if, you know, companies that don't start to adopt these principles mm -hmm. and push the envelope on going even further towards inclusion are not going to be around in a few years. And so it really is a business decision at that point mm -hmm. beyond the humanity of it all. Mm -hmm. I feel like Jen, like you said, Gen Z gets so much crap for the way that they act on TikTok and whatnot, but I'm hopeful because of them. Mm -hmm. Me too. Okay. Melissa, what are you seeing? What are you excited or maybe not excited about? Well, what I've been noticing is I have a duck tail at this point. I think <laughs> duck tails are going to be trending. Rat tails. <laughs> I'm obsessed. With like beads at the I end. I mean, the 90s are coming back. I mean, the I think... has this like super deep ass where I'm like, I have a duck tail. No, I'm growing out really short hair. I'm not growing it out out. But like if you don't get a cut every six, four weeks, three weeks, like this whole situation gets very scraggly. So I'm hoping some sort of ducktail <laughs> shaggy cut starts trending, but I don't know that that's going to happen. But seriously, I am really fascinated. It's not like one super pinpoint trend, but sort of this conversation around clean, which you guys have totally heard, been a part of, been writing about for sure. And, you know, we saw maybe last spring, there was kind of a clean backlash. And I guess if you want to call it that clean backlash and people just dissecting and really going into what that actually means, which was bound to happen because there's that landscape is so saturated at this point and there's no like formal regulation. Mm -hmm. So there should be some sort of like conversation around it. But the part that I really find fascinating around clean, because it's not going anywhere, and we're obviously heading into Earth Month and Earth Day, and we're going to see it a lot more, mm -hmm. is the conversation around clean and communities of color and how we kind of talk about clean these days with all these big companies that are clean or at the core of their, their brand. They're not necessarily accessible price points. Maybe they're a little bit pricier, but clean, so much of it has been born out of necessity, out of ingredients in marginalized communities, people of color using, you know, ingredients that are indigenous to where they come from, having to make that bottle of, you know, relatively expensive, you know, Johnson and Johnson, whatever lotion lasts another month longer. So you're adding different oils to it. You're adding different, you know, olive oil, castor oil, whatever it is, just to make it go further. Mm -hmm. Those things are so real. I think I'm sure we've seen them in our own families' lives. Your grandfather was a medicine man. My grandfather was a doctor who would like, when he came over to visit from the Philippines, would literally just walk down the road and pick anise and eucalyptus and like everything people would just like consider like weed, weed whacking away on a sidewalk or whatever. And he'd make all these amazing like tinctures from it. And he did it in the Philippines as well. And I don't know. So I think that I, I want to like have those conversations more when we talk about clean, about how recentering the conversation and, and the, the sort of focus to be more inclusive of these communities mm -hmm. where a lot of these formulations and, and ideas, I think. And were, ingredients. And ingredients yeah. for mm -hmm. sure were actually born from. Right. When typically what we're seeing is that 
all these clean beauty brands or, or skincare, personal care are actually highly inaccessible from a price point perspective. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. lot of people who can't afford those things, right. but it's come out or, of their backyards or their family legacies. And so I think brands like Folk, mm-hmm. so Nyambi, who's the founder of Folk, she sort of became fascinated with what has come out of her own garden, being part of the African diaspora and and mm-hmm. the different ingredients that you know she grew up with, also in the South. Trinity from Gold. Oh, Trinity from Gold, making an accessible, like a more accessible line of ingestible beauty. But of course, she has masks that really celebrate ingredients from her own culture and life. So yeah. And then also Nyambi from Folk is really trying to reinvest into Black farmers mm-hmm. and women and people of color in her whole supply chain mm-hmm. and make sure, I think it's something like there's only 2% or 0.2. I got, let me check my reporting. Sorry. You know, I have, you know, I have notes. <laughs> oh yeah. Today, less than 2% of us farms are black owned due to land seizures, agricultural, big business and discrimination. So, you know, in her whole, in folks like business model, she's, she's mindful of something like that mm-hmm. where she is um, 2%. Yeah. Which is crazy. We need to yeah, farm. That's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's my real trend, not ducktails, but <laughs> recentering the clean conversation to mm-hmm. focus more on communities that actually have something to do with the impetus or not the impetus for clean, but the, mm-hmm. but the origins. Of right. Clean, I, guess. I always used to say like clean is not a trend for me. It's all I ever knew. Cause I grew right. up as a Kenyan girl, which right. right. And, and yeah. And also to that point, it's like, you know, God bless the industry and, and all the room that we make for everyone to come in and, and potentially build, you know, really successful businesses. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more heartbreaking for me. And I will say this just as a Kenyan that grew up in America, but very connected to, to the continent of Africa. When you see these like brands that are selling for hundreds and millions of dollars and literally like the key ingredient that like made them who they are happens to be this miracle ingredient from this marginalized and these rituals and these stories celebrated and that country the people the continent like never mentioned and yes a great idea in a lot of these brands and a great way to from a marketing standpoint to to find inspiration we all that make products we all find inspiration from somewhere but it's really quite devastating because you you think about like especially ingredients that come from the cradle of civilization and, and how the exporting of these ingredients and to, you know, companies that become so massive, which is a little bit of attention and credit back do what a difference it would make in these communities. A hundred percent. We're like doing a big brainstorm at refinery for like our earth month package. And this came up, you know, this, this conversation of wanting to highlight and uplift the indigenous beauty brands that exist because there are so many. And unfortunately, they're just forgotten, especially in this conversation of sustainability, where they have been doing the work for so long. And why is the clean green beauty space still so white? Well, I think there's a difference, honestly, when I think of clean and I think of like, I don't want to like throw anyone under the bus, so I'm not going to name names. But like, I think oftentimes, like when it comes to white clean, it's fear mongering. It's here's what I made. 
this is non-toxic. This is how you should live your life. This is how to like achieve higher nirvana in a way. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, it's almost like aspirational, aspirational. And it's to me, like, this is the ideal way to live your life. Whereas people who have been doing this because it's like in their blood and this is like something that they have been taught and it's literally like Sarah in their DNA, they're trying to share the wealth. Like it feels like we have a secret and it shouldn't be a secret because so many people have been doing it like within my community. Let us share this wealth with people and like better your lives. But almost like, I don't know, I just feel like it, there's a separation in two categories of clean. The clean that I do not identify with at all is the fear mongering. It's like a surefire way to make me be like, if you have to sell me on how bad everything else is for me to buy your product, I don't care. <laughs> right. Why should I love this product? Because it has, you know, ashwagandha in it. Okay, great. Like, tell me the story behind that. Why did you include that particular ingredient? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where did ashwagandha come right. from? Who farmed ashwagandha? I'm pretty sure it wasn't you. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't you. Yes. Not yes. you. It was not, not you. you. No, I think that's such an <laughs> important distinction because mm-hmm. There's a lot of fear. And listen, we had to get to clean because we've spent so, it's just like in food, right? Mm -hmm. Like we spent so long through the 80s and all 70s and 80s when preservatives became a a regular part of of food manufacturing. So now it's all getting stripped away. So there's a lot of fear there too, but it's the same thing with beauty. If like preservatives and all the getting packed with all these things that, and also like no FDA regulations and, Mm -hmm. you know, not that many banned ingredients, the pendulum kind of has mm-hmm. to swing the other way, or there was a tremendous market opportunity there where right. people realized, right. to your point, oh, we could tell everybody how, yeah. you know, how terrible all this stuff is for right. you, which there is a lot that is not great for you. Mm-hmm. Like Kirby said, I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus, but like when you think about like where you can buy these clean, quote unquote, beauty products, these retailers, like there is an image that pops up in your head of like who that founder looks like, where they come from. And even on like, and Kirby spends more time and would know better than me on TikTok, like TikTok clean beauty, like everyone sort of looks the same. It's like they have this flawless skin, no acne. They're all usually blonde and thin. And, you know, it just all looks the same. And like we definitely, like you said, Melissa, need to recenter the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's just about expanding it. Like right. you were saying there's two different. Yeah, there's like a lot under that umbrella. Mm-hmm. I think it's just expanding it to acknowledge that. I think a lot of communities of color have contributed greatly to the foundation for clean. Obviously, there's a lab and scientific aspect and formulations mm-hmm. and percentages and all of that. But a lot of these ingredients, when you use rosemary, you know, as your preservative instead of something else, like there's a lot of different, which is popular in like, you know, Dominican culture. Mm-hmm. Um, so just expanding. Mm-hmm the conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think redefining what transparency looks like, you know, I definitely think like old school beauty was all about, it's my secret and it's my thing and it's my lab and it's my blah, blah, blah. And I do think that the transparency also then ultimately pays homage to the reason that you were even able to get that ingredient and, and what the origin of that ingredient is and and allows people, people want to learn about others and people Mm want to discover Not everybody's going to get on a plane around the world and head to Southeast Asia to discover certain things. Right. But it's the credibility around the transparency, which is what I think it's like, it's not just clean because of what's in it. It's clean because the entire story 
is mm-hmm. is clean and, and transparent. Yeah, and transparent. Yeah, yeah. And you know, to that point, it's like on this project that I've been kind of working on. It's like I couldn't believe how many chemists of color who have just created some of the biggest, highest acquired beauty brands in the world, but like the people that I've met have never been lead chemist, even if they came up with that formula, right? So, and anything that I do with a, as a founder moving forward, I'm going to be very mindful to tell their stories too. That's the name of your new line, Nikeo Secret. Nikeo Secret. <laughs> Nikeo Secret. <laughs> Just kidding. No secrets. No secrets, yeah. no secrets no is secrets. the trend. No secrets here. The, I, I've got to share the knowledge. I'll tell you everything. Share the knowledge. Share the wealth. <laughs> we have to help each other, please. Share the spotlight. Yes. But yeah, and also because of this, like, there's kind of this been this like back to basics trend, right? Of like lines that are totally just based on olive oil or apple cider vinegar. It's like everything stripped, Mm -hmm. which I kind of love because it's like with Wonder Valley Mm -hmm. creating beauty. It's like, okay, if I've been using the olive oil this whole time on my eggs and my whole, you know, my family eats it, why wouldn't I use it on my skin? So Mm -hmm. it's kind of this like seamless transition of just Mm -hmm. like these very pure ingredients. So I think like, as that continues to get stripped away, you can kind of see the origin story a little Mm -hmm. bit clearer. So Melissa, there was a product that was on your face that you're that you were loving or at least using that ties into Sarah's trend. Yes, that she is seeing a lot of, and that we we actually are both we are getting pitches nonstop for this. I actually before we recorded this, I looked in my inbox and I searched barrier treatment or barrier repair. And no joke, it was like hundreds of emails. Like I've gotten at least one pitch a day at this point for the last few months. Mm-hmm. The moisture barrier. Moisture barrier. It's like, it's the new microbiome, right, Kirby? It is. It is. Oh my God. But you know what? When you say barrier cream, can I just tell you that gives me PTSD? Because when I was in high school, I used to work at a tanning salon before I knew how bad tanning beds were. Okay. I was a teenager. Don't blame me. And literally for the mystic tan, you would go in oh. and you would use the barrier cream and you would put it on your hands and any dry spots to keep the mystic tan from adhering to those areas. So when I heard barrier cream, I was just like, orange skin. <laughs> Who's getting a mystic tan? Get the, get the mitts mystic out. Tan. Get the mitts and out. And then I'm thinking about how I had to go clean the mystic tan after every use. Oh my God. It was crazy. Yeah. Not that kind of barrier Not that cream. kind of barrier cream. No, but we're seeing it everywhere. And I think the reason is because, you know, over the past few years, we've all been like marketed an overabundance of like exfoliators, acids, retinols, like we've just done too much to our skin. I also feel like because your moisture barrier, your barrier in general can be affected by stress, lack of sleep, all those things, which very much, you know, we have been lacking over the past two years or just like just been so stressed. So our skin, it needs some extra love. So that's why we're seeing this. And maskne. Maskne was a big part of it. We're just like looking to restore our skin to like normal, healthy, functional state. And so like recalibrate, right? Exactly. And so obviously like brands have always carried these products that have been aimed at strengthening our skin like forever. If anything has had ceramides, hyaluronic acid, glycerin, 
petrolatum, Charlotte Parlamina's favorite. Anything that's like helping, you know, lock in the moisture and soothe the irritation like or inflammation like this has existed. But we've been seeing so many new ones and all of them I'm very excited about. But I think the difference now is like the technology behind it. So this kind of like connects to your trend that you see, Kirby. But one of my favorite recent launches that has to do with restoring the barrier is the You Beauty, Tina Chen Craig who's amazing. Her new product is the U-Beauty Barrio Bioactive Treatment. So the technology there is that it's mimicking the same science behind how like jellyfish are able to um, turn their adult like damaged cells into healthy cells. That's what's happening. It's like she, she's I think has a patent on it, but it's like so delicious. It's very much like perfect for winter and dryness right now. So Melissa, if you haven't tried it, you need to. I'm going to get it. It's just like slugging with the jellyfish cream and it's so so good but we've also been seeing like coco kind has a barrier serum bioma i have not tried any of their products yet but they're a new brand that you know they define themselves as like a barrier boosting skincare brand then uh obviously the allies of skin that you had mentioned the moisture barrier cream oh yes kirby glossier now has one too which you know when Glossier has it, like it's trending. Totally. Melissa mentioned Allies of Skin, which it's like a brand new balm, which I'm obsessed with. I actually just started using the brand because they sent me the balm and a few other products. I'm like, where has this been my whole life? It's incredible. It's so good. Jordan Samuel is an incredible esthetician in his line. He used to be a professional ballet dancer and he like transitioned into esthetician. You guys would love this man. He's incredible. You will love him. And he's always been about the skin barrier. Like this is not a new thing for him. So he's kind of like having his moment in the sun because people are like freaking out over his products. But yeah, I think like, obviously with the pandemic, we're kind of seeing chemical exfoliants were so big for the longest time. And then like the pandemic hit, everyone's like, I have mask knee and I'm, you know, my skin is like also dry, but also oily. And like, I've been destroying my skin barrier at home from all the products I'm trying on myself without like a professional's supervision. So now everyone's like, or tools or mm-hmm. everything, just a very DIY situation. Yes. For a while. Yeah. A lot of LED. Yes. Yes. So before we get into our speed round, I just wanted to quickly touch on this. I actually mentioned it on the Beauty Vanguard, but I think the trend that we're going to see more of is biomimicking or biomimetic skincare. It's a fun word to say. It is fun. (laughs) Let's be real. This is going to be the marketing term that people throw at you to make you think their product is like bigger, better, more, you know, like... I feel like one of the only brands that really like can actually say this is K18, which like all of us are fans of and love the new NARS foundation that just launched actually on the Sephora website used the term biomimetic, which I was kind of like shook by a little bit. I'm like, okay, NARS, like, so what does that mean in terms of my skin biomimetic? So that particular launch was like their whole thing around it was it's 70% skincare ingredients in the foundation. Unfortunately for me, it gave me cystic acne. So I like do not recommend it for someone like myself. But I think they're really trying to say like the ingredients, even though they may be synthetic, they are mimicking your skin's natural oils or whatever. Got it. So that's kind of what it means. But 
like Kate Somerville has had a product. It's called the KX Active Concentrates Biomimicking Peptide Serum. Biologique Recherche has one called Iso Placenta, and that is biomimetic for like human placenta, but obviously it's like a synthetic version. I'm using quotes there. Here's the thing, guys. Like, I just want to get real. Biomimetic is a term, if you're not familiar, is relating or relating to or denoting synthetic methods, which mimic biochemical processes. Okay. It's almost like when people talk about like apple stem cells, it's like a very similar thing. <laughs> so apple stem cells. That's amazing. I know. I know. So I feel like Sarah on our pod, I'm going to be spending 2022 calling bullshit on what's actually like real and what's not. Great. We'll be back for that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> Thank you for your service. Join us and let us know your findings. An ongoing list of buzzwords like on the website. We're totally. like, yeah. check back here for more. <laughs> but to say that too, like I feel like K18, again, I love that product. It works. So there are caveats, there are exceptions, but I think we just need to know, like just because something says biomimetic doesn't make it infinitely better than like anything else you're already using. Right. 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 For sure. But yes, I see what you mean about K18 because of the sort of rebuilding aspect mm -hmm. of like mimicking the original cuticle right. or bones. But it's also, yeah, but that's really authentic to their brand, right? Like, yeah. Totally. Like that's like their one product. Like, you got one job, so you yeah. better do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had one job, K18. You had one job. We're all going to be uh, on the lookout, Kirby, for that word and think of you every time we see it. You heard it here bag. first. Oh, I know. It's going to be like when you get a new car and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. We're going to start seeing biomimetic <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> um, okay. We have made it to the end. And we like to end every episode with a fun little speed round we actually call slow burn because it's not fast. It's slow. What was the first beauty product you both purchased with your own money? Mm. Lip smackers. Maybe Tribe perfume. Or electric so youth. See? Wow. Throwback. Yeah. Lip smackers for sure. Okay. This is going to be really difficult for you to answer. But again, first thing that comes to mind, holy grail skincare ingredient. I mean, it's not an ingredient, but I just like swear by face oil. <laughs> if you didn't, you would have a problem. There's many oils within a face oil that I swear by, but yeah, any I sort of cold pressed oil. Yes. Vitamin C. Boring, but basic. Basic. <laughs> no, love. Bankable and banging. So what's the product or maybe even a treatment you're shilling out all of the money for? Like it does not matter how much it costs. You're buying it. You're doing it. A facial with Shawnee Darden. Clear and brilliant with Dr. Sam. After our own hearts over here. I love how LA you both are. And right? the model and the that modeling so massages. LA. And the Hi, I'm KY group in Oklahoma. <laughs> but I live in LA. <laughs> Very much we're in LA. So uh, and th those modeling massages from Shyla Beauty. Yeah, that's coming Hunter. soon. That would have been what I said had I had her information. She's on her today. way. Right. Yeah. 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 Next episode, she's going to yeah. say that. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. be DMing you. Okay. If you could only use one skincare and makeup brand for the rest of your life, what would they be? <sighs> this is a tough one. For the rest of my life? <sighs> it's just in the top of my, on the top of my head, but I really do believe this may be my brand, I, I think Allies of Skin has I changed know. my life. Shoot, I should it have It has changed first. my skin. Yeah. You could say Allies. I think Allies too. I think Allies. This endorsement. 
Wow. And then when I get to face oil, it's Folk, Vintner's Daughter, obviously Nikeo. And then makeup, that's a tough one. Because mm-hmm. there's so many different things I like from different brands. I know. Like I love Chanel and I love Tom Ford. Yeah. I love Westman. Uh-huh. We love the expensive taste over here. That's okay. These are great answers. Yeah. I yeah. will say makeup wise, because I love the skin products so much, like the foundation and cover up. And I could probably use the whole line. I haven't mm-hmm. used like the eyeliner or the mascara, but I'm sure they're good. It's RMS. Mm-hmm. I just love, that's what I usually use as a foundation yeah. if I'm not using right. blender cover. And she only has a few SKUs right now, but I'm sure many more to come in life. Ame Cole, it's that good. Yeah, it is good. That it they is get, really good. Ame Cole gets top billing with mm-hmm. Tom Ford. Wow. I said it here first. And Chanel. I forgot Chanel. God, there's so many good face oils. I'm, I keep going back to St. Jane though. I really like that face mm-hmm. oil. Oh, that's a great face oil. Yes. They call it a beauty serum or whatever yeah. it says on the bottle, but it's face oil. Mm-hmm. I just tried this new brand that I'm hoping will bring to 13 Luna as well called Katini Skin. I don't know. She's mm. a black female founder and these face oils are like, and I'm a face oil snob, just like a mascara snob. These face oils are insane. And like, get it on 13 Loon stat. Oh, that's exciting. It's Katini Skin. I think she has like a small collection at Saks right now. But I met her on an elevator. I, I met her on an elevator in New York. Somehow in masks, we both started talking about how we both work in the beauty industry. It was a very long elevator ride. By the end, I had face oil waiting for me when I got back to LA. That was a productive elevator ride. Mm-hmm. That's serendipitous right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we're all Angelinos. Some of us native, some of us not. Hey, hey. Okay. So what is y'all's favorite spot to take people when they visit? Mm, I think I said this when I was on the pod before, but Jones Hollywood, um, this is so LA, but I'm very into the San Vicente bungalows. I've had a lot of visitors lately and I feel like I'm frequently there. And Soho House where you can see the view. I'm on the Soho circuit. I take people to Soho West Hollywood, Malibu, just Malibu-ish area Mm -hmm. in general. I was like, no one's asking you to take them to Nobu and Malibu because I feel like people always ask. They do all the time, but we can't get reservations there. No, so nobody. If we want to walk in at 4.30, then yes, we could make it happen. <laughs> no, I get a lot of people asking to go, still go to Soho. No, it's right next door. So you can like- West Hollywood. Or oh, Malibu. West Hollywood. And, and downtown. I have a meeting next week. Like these people are coming in from New York. They're like, we really want to see Soho Warehouse, which by the way, I love. It's such yeah. a cool vibe and- yeah, but I love Jones Hollywood, the pizza. I love to take people on like a hike through my neighborhood or Fryman Canyon, which is just down the hill. Mm-hmm. I love Fryman. Um, I love a canyon. Mm-hmm. LA does a good canyon. I love canyons, you guys. You guys, I like really was at the top of Fryman last week after it was like all windy and the sky was super clear. And I just like kept stopping and like, it's so beautiful. I was like, look at this. Look at, I was like a crazy woman in the canyon. Like, are you guys looking at this? Why am I never there when these things happen? I want to see that Fryman excitement. I love Fryman. Crazy in the canyon. We are all so lucky to be Angelinos. We are. We love LA. Thank you both so much for just taking the time. I know this was like a two hour ordeal to like make the pod swap happen, but like we so, so appreciate it. It's so fun. So fun. We coined so many new phrases. Yes. We coined so many new phrases. Bangable and bankable. 
Glam and glossy and glam and glossy. Glam and glossy, bangable and bangable. We planned our summer camp wellness slash social wellness retreat. Sign me the heck up. Where can everybody find both of you and the Beauty Vanguard? So you can find us at the Beauty Vanguard on Instagram. And you can find us at 13loon, L-U-N-E on Instagram. And you can find me at Nikao, N-Y-A-K-I-O. And you can find me at Melissa Meg Sese on Instagram. We got lots of handles, people. Yeah, we got to follow all of them. You can't just follow one. Yeah, you have to follow all of Follow handles. all of them. It's the rule. Mm-hmm. All right, that's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back on Tuesday with the week's most buzzy beauty news. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts. I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson, and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.